friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're here to provide a safe space for open dialogue, insights, and anecdotes about empowered pregnancy, labor, delivery, parenthood, and everything in between with zero judgment and open hearts and minds. I'm Jess, a level one CrossFit trainer and a licensed and certified athletic trainer. I have my master's in kinesiology and I'm currently studying to be a certified nutrition consultant and a birth fit coach. I'm the blogger behind Hold the Space Wellness as well as a mama to two small kiddos. And I'm Laura, a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, birth fit Santa Cruz regional director, and mama to Evie Wilder. I'm also the owner of Radical Roots. Head over to MyRadicalRoots.com to find recipes, insights, and nutrition consulting. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hi, guys. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to episode 13 of the Modern Mamas podcast. Um, It is so crazy. I think we say that every single time. No. How crazy it's just so it fun that we started this before Evie uh, was born. I love that. I know. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's going to be the progression. Of, I can listen back and like hear the progression of. <laughs> right? It's like a diary for you kind yeah. of. <laughs> for both of us really and for our friendship, which is fun. I know. It's very it's cool. So I, it's funny. I was listening to our episode number 10, the, the postpartum mindset part one this morning. <laughs> and uh, have you listened to it yet? No, I have not. Okay. It's really funny. Cause we, cause I think that was the episode you were like, I was not, like in the throes of mastitis. Yeah. And so it's, I just know how bad it was at that point, actually. Right. Right. And I, cause you, cause we were like talking about not doing the recording and you're like, I want to try and make it. Yeah. And we did like fine, but we could, I can definitely tell the energy is like, <sighs> we both are like, Oh gosh, I'm tired. You're like, definitely I didn't not get out of bed the rest of the day. Yeah. And the next day either like blinds closed in bed all day. So thanks for bearing with us guys. (laughs) (laughs) And that was actually that, that episode was like very sciencey. And so it's like, you know, I mean, we jot some like personal experience in there, but it's a lot of like, okay, this is hormones. This is vitamins. It's like, not like super (laughs) exciting (laughs) stuff. Some people really, you know, it's all about some people love geek to geek out on that stuff. Yeah. For me, I was like, this is cool. But like, I realize that some people are kind of like, okay, get to the good <laughs> stuff. Like it's a lot of diversity yeah. in our episodes, <laughs> but it's been a while since you and I have just gotten to like chat. Really. We've done a lot of guests and, um, so I'm excited to just hang out with my buddy. I know. <laughs> it's so funny. And hear uh, your birth story. Yes. And so, yes. So that brings me today is going to be my birth stories. Um, and there, we can probably fit both of them in this time slot. Cause we were talking a little bit before we got on today that mine's going to be a little less detail oriented, obviously, because it's been four years for the first one and a year already for the second one. Um, so where, as Laura, we got kind of like the raw, fresh perspective. Uh, mine's going to be a little bit more objective, um, not because it wasn't emotional, but because I've kind of worked through a lot of the emotions that were attached to both of my births. But hopefully, it will offer some good insight to some people that have either been through a similar situation, or you know maybe they're trying to prepare for all um, possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I was talking to Rusty about this uh, yesterday, actually, funnily enough. And one of the reasons why I think um, 
my headspace was pretty good going into labor and delivery is because I listened to like every birth story I could get my hands on. And I think that was really good for me mentally to know what I wanted, but also be like open and prepared that like anything can happen. Mm-hmm. So I think it helped me to surrender a little bit to the process. Um, so I think, you know, you might be wary of listening to this guys, if you're pregnant and you're not sure you want to hear a story that didn't go exactly as planned, but at the same time, it can be really beneficial if you're open to listening. So that's just my two cents on it. Yeah. And I think it, it can be empowering. Um, because we talk about that on the podcast all the time and I'll talk about it when I get a little bit into my birth story, but if you only prepare for things to go a certain way and they don't, um, for someone like me who has a very specific type of personality, um, Mm. that can be a major factor in how you feel postpartum, um, how you process the whole, I guess the whole, the whole process, the whole birthing process. I mean, if you have your heart set and that's the only way that you can imagine things going when they don't go that way. Um, it can take a little bit more like you had mentioned. Um, it can take more headspace to kind of wrap your, your mind and your brain around things that don't go as planned, but right. going into it and kind of knowing all the different ways that babies can be born can be helpful. So yes, let's check in. So uh, I was also listening to, I think I told you about this on episode 10. We checked in for like 25 minutes. <laughs> Maybe we'll make this in a little shorter. <laughs> well, it's funny because I usually have nothing ever to say. And this time, this episode, I was like, I'm coming. I have cool things have that happen. <laughs> cool things happen in my life sometimes. Okay. So I actually have updates. Today. Your life is really cool. Should I go first? Do you want yeah, to Yeah, you go. Go for it. Um, so Evie... At the time of this recording, she's eight weeks yesterday, and the past three nights in a row, she slept eight hours. So I find that kind of this beautiful (laughs) thing. (laughs) Eight hours straight. Yeah. Um, So that's been great, like 10 to 6, and that's amazing. And then she nurses and then goes back for a good nap. So um, I'm getting workouts in, which is also really nice. We've kind of got a good routine where she wakes up, nurses, and is awake for like an hour or so. Uh, maybe two, yeah, hour and a half. And then, and then she goes back down and Rusty stays with her while I walk. It's so convenient that I can walk to the gym. Mm -hmm. It's like a four minute walk. So I walk there, do something for like 30 minutes, do my birth fit stuff and then come home. And then she's usually waking up. So it works out well. Um, our big struggle right now is a bottle. Mm -hmm. Uh, she will not take it. We've tried two so far. So if you guys have tips, you can comment on this uh, episode notes on my blog or email us or whatever, but we're struggling. We tried Dr. Brown's and now we're doing the, um, shoot, I forget what it's called. Um, Dr. Brown? No, but we, it's the, the thing about the Dr. Brown is the nipple seems really long. And so it like, it gags her. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've been using a nipple shield and because of my inverted nipples. And so that is a very different shape. And I think she's kind of just like boycotting. So I got another one that has a slow flow and like not as long of a Do you, you don't know what brand it is? I'm trying to find it. I can't remember. It's like a, a V it starts with an A. Oh, a V. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've tried them all. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just ordered the Tommy, uh, Avent. Yes. It's Avent. Yes. So we're using that. Um, Tommy I got Tippy. the glass bottle and the slow flow. She's taking it twice for like 15 seconds That's and good. I can just like hang out with the nipple in her mouth and she's, she's fine. Mm-hmm. So, but she just hasn't been sucking. Yeah. So then I got the Tom, Tommy, Tommy uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So 
that should come today. And then hopefully that's even even like shorter nipple. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that is a better segue. But yeah, so it works out that I'm not wasting milk because every she's sleeping eight hours, so I've got to mm-hmm. wake up and express. So I hand express into a bowl, get about an, an ounce or two, <clears throat> and then just have that for the day. So if we have to dump it, it's it's fine. Yeah. So that's working out. So that's and then we just found out she's got the she has one of the MTFHR. Uh, I like how Jess calls them a uh, or Liz calls them a snip instead of a mm-hmm. mutation. So we got her tested early just because I'm pretty sure I have one. Rusty's pretty sure he has one. So we're like, let's just find out ahead of time so we can make sure we take all the right steps just for her her health. She's got no symptoms. She's very healthy and everything, but she does have one. So um, that's just good for us to know. It helps to yeah. like inform our decisions moving forward with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we should do a whole episode on that. I just listened to... If you guys are interested in MTFHR, um, episode 306 of the Balance Bites podcast, Liz interviews um, two brilliant people. And so I highly recommend you listen to that one. Um, so I'll make a note in the show notes so you guys can go back and listen to what she talks about. They talk all about um, MTFHR and SNPs and all that. So it's fascinating. So anyways, that's where kind of where my head's at. Um, but overall, life is really good. We've gotten getting in a good routine. She's just the sweetest little smiley the smiles like melt me. <laughs> so, um, she's, we, we, you know, we've got a good one and I'm, I'm just, I'm happy. Good. You look <laughs> beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. We're go- oh, thank you. We're going to, down to San Luis Obispo this weekend too. And that's where Rusty and I met. And so it'll be Evie's first time there. And, um, I'm just excited for a, a weekend away. So Yay. more on that next week. Cool. Can't wait to hear yeah. And what about you? Now I'm like super excited to hear your updates. <laughs> oh, I mean, they're really not that exciting, but, um, let's see, let's go down the list because I made a list. Um, cause I didn't want to forget cause you know, we've recorded a lot of these like pre, I mean, I guess like in a row. And so a lot of things happen between episodes occasionally. So yeah. let's see. First thing, um, my mother-in-law surprised him and I with John Mayer tickets, um, which, I love John Mayer. I know everyone has their own opinions about him, but his music, like he is a musical. Like, if you don't like your body is a wonderland, then <laughs> you have no soul. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I gotta get you in the mood music. Come I know. On. I mean, seriously, I remember John Mayer when he came out. I think it was like I was either a senior or a freshman in college. Like I was either a senior in high school or a freshman in college when uh Oh, God, what's that song? Now I'm going to forget it. Oh, anyways, it was like everyone's like senior, senior oh, song yeah. anthem. But um, I know you're talking about, but I can't remember. Yeah, How it was like 29, 30. I'm 33. Oh, thank you for saying I was 29. <laughs> I can never tell. Meanwhile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we went and saw that. I've never seen him in concert. Um, my favorite song like of all time is Gravity. Um because like his guitar on that mm-hmm. is just like insane. Um, and so it was amazing. We were so grateful. She was like, surprise. Cause we knew he was coming to San Antonio. We just didn't plan, like didn't get tickets. And Tim, my husband have, has seen him in concert before. Um, and so it was like, oh, okay, whatever. But she surprised us. So that's that, sweet. yeah, that was amazing. If artist is good live. I feel like that's a game changer for me. If I go see an artist live and they do not wow me, I like will stop listening. Right. Um, we went and saw Hozier two years ago in San Francisco and that like just blew my mind and I kind of fell in love with him. Yeah. Because uh, it's like, it's- <laughs> yeah, well there's like people that can, that sound good on the radio because they're like synthesized to like 
the end of time. And then when you hear them live, you're like, they don't even, they can't even sing. Like what the heck? But you definitely like people like Hozier or John Mayer, like they are like musicians. And Buffalo, if you guys haven't heard of him, incredible. Yes. Laura introduced me a whole episode about music. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, so that was my big thing. In the meantime, we've had Bear's birthday, Camille's birthday, um, which has been great. They're almost exactly a month apart. Well, three years and a month apart. Um, and so we had like a pool party for Bear that was dinosaur themed. Um, oh my God. He was like on cloud nine. You have no idea. Um, he got pretty much everything he wanted. Cause he's spoiled, not by us. I mean, yes, we spoiled him. Obviously it's his birthday, but like my dad got him a bicycle and this gigantic power ranger dinosaur thing that he wanted. And, um, so he got really spoiled. That was fun. Um, got to make some cool cupcakes and stuff, which I talked about on my Instagram. I, um, kind of worked with this company called color food kitchen. And so bear can't have, dies. So this is all through trial and error. We figured out he was having night tears for like, uh, months and months and months. And yeah, through court, like we kind of like narrowed it down that like at daycare, they were giving him some food that like we, cause we would normally pack his food, but like occasionally they would get like candy and stuff, um, that, you know, just kind of happens. Um, and then he would have the night terror. So we figured out it was food dye. So anyways, long story short, he can't have that. So it's so funny. Cause like we've kind of brainwashed him, uh, in a good way because like he'll see other people eating candy, like Starburst or M&Ms or something. And he's like, I can't have that right mama. That's bad for me. I'm like, yeah, buddy. And I feel so bad. Cause it's like, no, but that's good because for, I mean, if it was like, <clears throat> I feel like there's a, there's a line between like just creating disordered eating habits and like helping him understand the correlation between like he probably doesn't like having night terrors. Right. He does. And so for him to understand maybe what causes that, it's like, I think that's a really beneficial skill for him to have. So we should do a whole podcast on that because Rest and I are already having that conversation. Now that we know she has the SNP, it's like there's certain things that are just going to be more harmful to her body. Right. And so it's like, like processed grains and stuff that might have folic acid, um, in them added folic acid. And it's like, those are the types of things where you have to like you don't want them to eat it they if they can make that so it's cool that he's that only that he's only he just turned four he just turned four yeah he's only four and he gets that correlation yeah. That's awesome. yeah and that's what our whole goal was like we want him to be able to make those decisions when he's away from us and know like that's probably not a good idea um but you know I, it's not like he's deprived or anything like we use right. um yum earth has some like candy that's like natural food coloring and stuff like he gets treats like every kid but we just have to make so sure awesome that-, that we live in a time where that stuff's available yeah totally absolutely so he's definitely not deprived I don't want anyone out there thinking I'm like just crazy parent no. but it's no fun for anybody when he has those night tears so we try and keep it pretty pretty strict um let's see what else is on my list um some of this stuff I guess it's not really exciting <laughs> it is we should at least touch on the handmaid's tale because you got oh me into it God. and I like Last night was it was really gnarly. <laughs> Seriously, what episode are you on? Just we just watched two. I can't do more than one a night. It's it's intense. So yeah, so Laura's talking about um, TV because if my I'm eyes not, are really wide right now. <laughs> yeah, if we're not if I'm not podcasting or working on the blog or working in real life, 
I am usually, oops, sorry, relaxing with Netflix. Um, and so we are watching The Handmaid's Tale. It's on Hulu. It's based off a book, and it's kind of like a kind of like an adult Hunger Games, but it's like a dystopian society. And it's actually really applicable, I feel like, because, and you'll get more into it, Laura, as you get into the next episodes, but it's like, it's current, like, United States, but it's like jacked up jacked up and it's it's really like they could start to give you glimpses of like how it's gotten to the way that it is yeah um which is kind of crazy without getting too like political um it's just it's very eye-opening we watched an episode of that and then we watched an episode of reno brooklyn 99 and then rush is like can i turn on john oliver which we love mm-hmm. um, not getting into politics too much but <laughs> It was all about North Korea. Mm-hmm. And I like was like, what are you doing? I have to go to sleep right now. <laughs> and it's terrified. Like, our world is crumbling. But then I look down at her, at Evie, and I'm like, my heart gets full, but then it also gets terrified again. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I like know. a vicious cycle. All we can do is be the best versions of ourselves and raise kiddos that are. Yeah. And that's, that's, we talked about this. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I love what we do. And we're like helping, hopefully, to empower mamas and their birth fit through this podcast, through our work, because you know, we can kind of focus on the next generation, not giving up on this generation, but at the same time, helping mamas to raise empowered little ones to, you know, be the world belongs to them. So Mm -hmm. that was a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) You should watch the handmaid's tale. It's gnarly, but it's really, it's, it's cool. Two episodes in and I'm like, whew. Yeah, it's deep. And then I won't like talk too much about this stuff, but we're also, we tried, we're watching the show called the Ozark. Ozarks on Netflix. It's kind of like a Breaking Bad um, set in like the Ozarks, um, and it's eh, we're, we're kind of. Eh, but I heard such good stuff about it. Jason Bateman is one of my favorite like actors, and he's he like directed it, and he's like the main character. So we're trying to see if it picks up. And then we watched The Jinx, which is a documentary on HBO. Oh my god! It seems like all we watch is. <laughs> all we do is watch TV, but that's really cool. Um, and then last but not least, apparently Chameleon Cold Brew put out a thing on their Instagram that they are in a lot of Costco's right now. So check it out. We did find it in our local Costco, although we're in San Antonio, they're from Austin. It might be more of like a local thing, but like they sell their 32 ounce, concentrate for like $20. And if you go through cold brew, like I do, it is totally worth it. Um, cause it's concentrated. It's like 32 servings of, yeah, you only use four ounces at a time. I think yeah. I only use like two or three because zing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sensitive to it's it. Amazing. Um, so definitely if you're a cold brew fanatic or you want to be, I encourage you to check out your local Costco because that is an amazing deal. Anyways, what I do is I blend Paleo Valley's whey and some uh, milk, the the cashew milk, which if you guys haven't tried that, it's delicious. And then a little bit of cacao powder and a date and some vital proteins, collagen peptides. I blend that and then I pour it over the cold brew over ice and it's like, it's heaven. And that ties me over through like getting work done in the morning and recording and then I can have a good breakfast. And I have on my blog, I just posted a couple weeks ago, um, kind of like how I, I drink my coffee in the morning, um, yeah. using cold brew and that's for like optimal digestive, you know, whatever. So it's like, if you're, I'm not going to get into it. It's kind of, it's potty talk, but you know, you know what coffee does. It's, we're adults. <laughs> um, 
So it's just a way to kind of minimize the effects of coffee, both on, like, on your system and on your digestive system. So I use coconut well, milk. Yeah, coconut milk and, and maple syrup and collagen peptides to kind of stabilize my blood sugar and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I, I add MCT to mine, too, right. for a little extra fat. Yeah. That's the trifecta. No, it's awesome. Do what works for you. A little bit of glucose. Yeah. Sweet. All right. right. Well, I think we should talk about your birth. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Got to switch my mind on here. Um, So do you want me to just like. Yeah. Let's start with, with. Uh, my my little bear I like, you guys just so you know as a preface I haven't met him in person but we we get to see videos speaking of which we just downloaded Marco Polo it's a pretty cool app kind of dangerous but um, so dangerous. now we can just send each other snippets of our, our like instead of texting we can just talk and or send little snippets of our kiddos so um this guy is just the raddest little, little man I've ever met. So I'm excited to hear about how he entered this world. He's the best. And his With birth story, yeah, his, his birth story is pretty appropriate for how he is now. But he is so funny. I mean, did you watch the one I sent this morning where he was like, Daddy, tell me a story about Game of Thrones. That's it's so cute. And he's never seen it, right? He's never seen it. Oh, my gosh. He would be, yeah. like, totally. Just, but it's right up his alley. Oh, my gosh. So, he, yeah, he likes the the plot line, like the knights and the dragons and the, like, he, he likes scary things. Like he's the weirdest kid. Like we don't let him watch anything scary, but he wants us to always tell him like quote unquote scary stories. How funny. And, and he wants them scarier. Like if we're like, Ooh, a ghost popped out. Boo. He's like, no, like there's gotta be blood or vampires or something. I'm like, where did you hear this stuff? Like I we don't want, we don't talk about this stuff with him, but yeah, he's like, tell me about the white walkers and all this. Anyways, yes. it's, it's, and he's probably got such a good imagination. He really does. Yeah. So, um, it was funny cause my husband was like trying to make breakfast this morning and telling him about <laughs> Prince Joffrey and started from the oh. beginning. He just started from the beginning. So, so funny. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. So that's bear in a nutshell. Um, right. so, okay. With, Bear. So Bear was my first pregnancy and he just turned four. So this was a while back and I'll just kind of recall everything to the best of my ability um, as we go along. But for us, uh, preconception, we had been married for about a year and we were like, you know, this is fun. We like being married. Let's see. Like we started talking about kids and we just figured that it was going to take a while um, because that had been the experience of a lot of our friends and family. And so we were like, we'll just, we'll not try, but we won't prevent. Um, and so, you know, how everyone says that. Famous um, last words. Yeah, famous last words. And so <laughs> we kind of started with that mindset. And then um, I think it was about month two or three of just like whatever, I was my type A came out and I was like, mm, I, I want to get a little bit more like serious about this. Um, cause I thought, you know, well, I mean, in the back of my mind, I was like, it's going to take a while. But then on the other side of my, in my brain, I was like, you know, we're healthy. It's cool. Like it'll probably happen pretty quickly. Um, but anyway, so I started to track my cycle because even though I don't necessarily advocate being super anal about this, I think that if you have ever had like an abnormal period or you just aren't really in tune with your body, it can be really good information to know just in general. Um, and for me, not a lot of women follow that like straight 28 day cycle with ovulation on day 14 and all that good stuff. So you could be, yeah, exactly. So you could be thinking like your timing is all right. 
Um, and it's just not. So then I started kind of tracking things. Um, and I did the ovulation strips and figured that I was a little bit off. Um, have a little bit longer cycle, but other than that, it's, it's pretty normal. Um, so after we started doing that, it like happened almost immediately. Um, but so (laughs) rewind, it was about like month three or four and nothing had happened. And I was like, you know what? This is too stressful. Cause I've been tracking for like two cycles and I'm like, I, I don't even know if we're ready for this. Like, let's just, <laughs> let's just put this Boy. off. <laughs> well, little did I know it had already happened. And so once I made that decision, I was like, whatever, you know, I'm not going to stress about it. It happened, which I know people talk about that all the time. Exactly what happened to us. Yeah. Um, and it, it was true for us. Um, and I hated hearing that because when you hear that, like, just relax, like, don't think about it. You're like, it's just about relaxing. Yeah. You're like, how, how can you just tell me to relax? It's not that easy. Um, but it did happen for us that way. And I remember I had planned wanting to do like a big, like reveal to Tim, like, you know, get something cool or like make, get him a little gift or like do a surprise to like tell him that I was pregnant, but it was literally like peed on the stick saw the line and I just ran out and he was working out in our garage and I was like, and he looked at me, he's like, Oh my God, what's wrong? And I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm pregnant. He's like, no, no, I'm showing him. And like, we didn't, he didn't really understand. Like a line is a line, which means like, no matter how faint it is or whatever, like that means you're pregnant. He's like, well, it's it's just like, he's like, it's barely there. I'm like, no, like that's, that means I'm pregnant. Like anyways, you know what I mean? A lot of people think that, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a dark line. So it's not really, you're not really pregnant. So anyways, that's the, the kind of beginning part of it. Um, but obviously we were super excited at that point. It just, it's funny to me that we kind of had decided that we were going to wait a little bit longer and it just happened. So, um, my pregnancy was really great. Um, the first one and I continued to do CrossFit throughout everything. Um, ate pretty healthy. Um, I gained probably about, I didn't stop. I stopped weighing myself towards the very end, but probably about 35 to 40 pounds, which I think is fairly normal. Ooh, it's a, sorry guys. (laughs) This is like a silicon. It collects. So if I start leaking, I just stick it on there and it collects. Well, I'll send you guys a picture. Sorry. I digress. You continue. Good good information. Um, (laughs) I lost my train of thought. Uh, Uh, Did you gain much weight? You stopped weighing yourself. Yeah. I stopped weighing myself. I was actually pretty obsessive about my weight the first go around. Um, I just, cause I have battled eating disorders previously. And so I was just, it was really easy for me to get back into those old patterns. Um, and so I really had to like be conscious about not weighing myself often, even though I, I did probably weigh myself more than I should have. Um, but so I gained about 35 to 40 pounds, um, for me, cause that's probably about what I gained with Camille. Um, I'm a, I'm a small person. I have a pretty small frame. So, um, I guess that's just what my body needed. I wasn't like I was eating like tacos and burgers and whatever. So different. Yeah. And so, and I had a huge belly, like huge, um, it was a torpedo. So anyways, my pregnancy was really good. I, um, we've talked about this in previous episodes. I developed a, a diastasis, um, during pregnancy and I didn't even really know what it was. Um, and so, I think most men don't. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just continued to do CrossFit, um, modified, but like there are things that I was doing that I didn't even see 
that there was an issue like pull-ups, but I would see the diastasis, but I was just like, eh, whatever. Um, and so going into the second pregnancy, which we'll talk about, like my approach was a little bit different with workouts and stuff like that. But, um, so pregnancy was really, really easy for me. The first go round, I didn't have any Braxton Hicks at all, um, throughout, like at all. I, I didn't even know what it could, like, even if a Braxton Hicks felt like. Um, and so I was totally unprepared in that regard. Um, I think you're on mute, mute Laura. I was thinking I had him for like half my pregnancy, the whole second half. Right. And a lot of people do. And I did for my second one, but like for the first one, I was just totally blissfully unaware. Um, but bear went, so our due date came and went, um, 40 weeks. And at that point, about 40 weeks, I started having prodromal labor. So that is, um, kind of false labor. People call it false labor, labor, but I would start feeling contractions. I would contractions that would actually get closer and closer together and more intense. And I would literally every night think that bear was going to be born. Um, and so I would go to sleep, wake up, nothing would happen. Um, and so looking back, what was happening was he was in a posterior position and I guess throughout my whole pregnancy, he pretty much had been in a posterior position. I just didn't know anything about what that meant and, and not taking anything away from my midwives, but they didn't really make a big deal about it. Um, didn't really give me too many tools about how to kind of optimize position or what that can mean for delivery. Were you seeing a chiropractor at all? I wasn't my first pregnancy. I didn't see a chiropractor. Um, I just... I was just like blissfully unaware. Were you in pain? Because people usually go see chiropractor because they hurt, but really, um, my opinion is that like every pregnant woman should see one. Every just for positioning, even just Mm -hmm. someone who specializes in uh, prenatal chiropractic. Right, and now one was uh, she was on the right like the whole time, Mm -hmm. and then you know, and so we did a lot of work to get her to left so she wouldn't be posterior and all that. So right, and that's what with Camille because I was so aware of what could happen with a posterior delivery, I was like on it. And so hopefully what, if anyone learns anything from this episode is that like, that is so important. I mean, obviously it may not like change the actual outcome, but it could. Um, And so in my opinion, if you can do as much as you can beforehand to kind of optimize the birthing process, do it. So I did, did you that. Any spinning babies with Camille. I know we'll get to her, but yeah, that's what we did too. I did a lot of spinning babies. Um, a lot of chiropractic care, um, Webster, a chiropractor that kind of specialized in Webster technique, which is that soft tissue release, um, yeah. that can help with positioning. So yeah, we did, we did a lot of that. Um, awesome. yeah. So prodromal label for like a week, which I think going into the birth, that was, one of the things that really made it difficult was because I was running on like no sleep because I was having such intense contractions for about a week leading up to the actual event that like, I just couldn't get any sleep. I couldn't get any rest. Um, I went in pretty depleted. Um, I'm pretty sure my adrenals were like freaking out, um, at that point. So Braxton Hicks for a while. And then Probably about two days before delivery, I lost my mucus plug. Um, and that was like, cause some people, you don't even notice if you lose it or you just start kind of bleeding a little bit and it's kind of like, okay, like things are happening for me. It was like, boom, that's a mucus plug. 
what it looked like, man. I, I kind of want to Google what they look like because I had like a little bit of spotting in when I would wipe, but no. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, it was like a giant booger the size nice. of a tampon. This is just holy real life. Yeah. Shiza. Giant booger, size of a tampon, bloody. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we're just keeping it real honest here. I love this. I love being able to compare because most birth stories you listen to on podcasts, women don't go into that kind of detail, but that's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that that's the good part about me being a little bit more objective with my story is because I can like yeah. recall those like objective details, but yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't have see a mucus plug with Camille. So it was completely different the second time around, but yeah, that's what it looks like. <laughs> cool. Maybe I'll get that the second time around. <laughs> yeah, maybe you will. Um, so lost my mucus plug about two days before it. And that's when I knew like, well, obviously the baby's going to come. They can't stay in there forever. So I knew right. it was getting closer and closer. Um, but it's I, more real though, I bet. Yeah, definitely more real. Um, and then, so the actual day of, of when Bear was born, I was having contractions pretty much all night long. And again, at this point I was like, it's nothing. It's the same thing. Like he's not going to come. It's fake you know you're at this like I don't know if you've ever been there but like your your mind is just like this is never gonna happen <laughs> I did not get there because okay. we came two days early and yeah. I like I had a feeling the whole time like where sh- my progress was is right where my head was I think okay so I lucked out in that regard did. so I didn't have that <laughs> so because he actually we delivered him at 41 weeks so it was he was a Ooh. week past due um which gosh mamas who go past you like two weeks, my it, gosh. Yeah, it feels like forever. Feels like your whole pregnancy in those two weeks. Oh my god, <laughs> like, time is like time is like in a weird sort of like vacuum um, at that point. But anyways, so I just so Tim had to go coach at the gym, and he was like, "Do you want me to stay? Do you want me to go?" I'm like, "Go." It's going to be nothing. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Whatever. So he leaves, and I immediately. When I got up, I was like, okay, these are, these are getting pretty intense. And they were intense from the get-go. Um, once fi- like labor actually finally started, like really started, they were pretty intense. And so I got on my like little ball and I'm like sitting there trying to, I'm timing them, um, trying to kind of breathe through everything. And I think it was only like an hour into it. I texted Tim cause he had to coach a couple classes and I was like, I need you to come back. <laughs> I need, I, something, I feel like something's happening here. And he was like, okay. So he comes home and, you know, our plan, we had a doula um, and we delivered with midwives at a birthing center. Um, And our plan was to labor at home for as long as possible, you know, just to kind of let things happen as naturally as possible. And so I think I labored for about three or four hours at home, but things really got intense quickly. And again, I think that had to do with positioning because I could feel, I mean, he was in a position that was putting a lot of pressure on my cervix, um, from the start. So he doesn't, he wasn't really like naturally just like coming down and, you know, things were picking up intensity. Now he was fighting his way down. <laughs> yes. He was really, really trying to get down there. Um, and so at that point I was like, I, I called my midwife and I'm like, this is really intense. She's like, okay, let me stay with you on the phone while you have a contraction. Cause you know, there are certain come to find out there are certain sounds that you make during different portions of, of labor that kind of indicate where you're at. Um, and so she heard me kind of with one, she's like, okay, like, I think you should probably come in. We'll just get you there and you can labor here for the, for the rest of it. 
So I'm like, okay, like we drive over, it's across town. It was like a 20 minute drive and I'm just like dying. Cause it's bad. Like they were really, really bad. Um, well, I can imagine having, cause you had back and front. Well, I didn't have back, back labor. You didn't it have was back all, it was all down, um, which I'm really grateful for that. Cause I've heard that it is awful. Did you have back labor? No. Okay. All front. I've heard that it's <laughs> awful. Um, I'm very thankful <laughs> that it was, but it's all, it's all about, you know what I mean? Like I, I just feel like no matter what, it's so intense mm-hmm. and it's, it's painful. You it's, know what I mean? It's painful. Yeah. But it's, it's something that you just, I don't know, like that whole, like someone has it worse than others. I just, I'm like, and no, it's your, it's whatever it is for you. It's all relative. I mean, if you've never been through labor before, it's going to be the worst pain you've probably experienced before, regardless, you know, Um, it's different. It's just different. different. Like, like and, and I think that some women do, I think there are anomalies who can literally just like breathe the baby out and who it does, it just doesn't hurt as bad. And I don't know, cause I've talked to women who are that way or like an orgasmic birth, but those are like, yeah. those are few and far between. And what, what the best part about it, and then I'll stop talking no, you're fine. Talking. your story <laughs> is that a second you're done, it's done. Yes. And it's like magic. And I, I would never change. I wouldn't want to give that up or anything like that. Stark contrast between like you push this baby out and then like, just like glory, you know, mm-hmm pretty incredible. So anyway, well, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, um, for the first go around for me, I just wasn't prepared, um, which made it even more intense. Um, like alarming. I, yes, it was very alarming. I thought something was wrong, which, you know, not that having a posterior baby is wrong. It's just a different way for the baby to be born, but it is not the optimal way. So things are a little bit different basically. Um, and then like, that was scary to me. Um, so that kind of played into my heightened perception of pain and we'll get into Camille's birth where it was painful. Yes. Because you're pushing a baby out of your vagina, but (laughs) it was way more manageable for various reasons. So we'll get into that. Um, and again, I don't want to scare anybody because we're talking about how painful it is, but it's like, it is what it is. And, and then it's and over. I, I didn't, I didn't expect it to hurt like it did because no one told me. Right. But then again, I look back and people did tell me you just, <laughs> just can't like, you, can't. you just can't know. Yeah, exactly. And that's okay. And it's better, maybe better that way in some regard. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, so we get to the birth center and just backing up a little bit, we had done a birthing from within course. Um, I had looked into a bunch of different, like, you know, Bradley method and, birthing from within and, uh, what are some hypno babies and stuff like that. And, um, birthing from within just kind of like resonated with us a little bit more. Um, and so we did that in preparation looking back, did I use a lot of it with this birth? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I think it, it was just honestly because of the place I was in, um, mentally like the, the headspace that I was in and, I was scared. I was really scared. And I let that kind of like overtake every other thought. Um, so, and again, with Camille's birth, I did use, utilize a lot of those things and they were, they were really helpful. So, um, if you can kind of get a hold of the fear, um, I think that that helps so much. Um, and thinking about the contractions as being like Mm -hmm. each one is it serves such an important purpose Mm -hmm. that's what totally helped me is like each contraction is serving a purpose to bring your baby closer and then it's like all right these serve a purpose versus just like scary unnatural pain it's Mm -hmm. like the most natural pain that there is 
Exactly. Exactly. So we did birthing from within. Um, I do still highly recommend that because like I said, I used a lot of it with Camille, um, in preparation. We like, you know, did a breastfeeding class, which was actually super helpful. Um, again, if you are not going to do a birthing class or anything like that, I would highly recommend doing some sort of breastfeeding preparation because that's another thing. It's like you prepare so much for the birth Mm -hmm. and you know, you can read about breastfeeding and stuff, but like, but the practical part of breastfeeding is really difficult and people Mm -hmm. don't prepare enough for that. I think so. If you can do something like that, I definitely. Or immediately after too. Like we did, um, we met with lactation right Mm -hmm. when she was born. That was huge. Absolutely. So as much support as you can get in that realm, um, is great. So, um, we get to the birth center. Sorry, we're getting off on tangents here, but we get to the birth center. And so here's where I, it was kind of a rookie mistake on my part not saying that our midwife wasn't amazing, but so with our midwifery group, we get to choose, we get to meet with all the midwives there. And then like kind of about halfway through, you get to pick the midwife that you kind of connect the most with. Well, we initially were going to deliver with one of the the like more experienced ones, but they had a new midwife on staff and um, we really connected like on a personal level. And so we decided to go with her. She was great. I mean, she really was a wonderful person I don't want to like, this is not her fault. Um, but when we got there, she checked us, she checked me and she was like, Oh, you're at a seven. And I'm like thinking, it's okay to bash her a little bit. Okay. Well, (laughs) she's probably not listening, but I'm not going to name any names, but she told me I was at a seven. You can have those frustrations with her because I would for sure. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So she told me I was at a seven. And at that point I was like, dude, we're so close. Like, you know, three to go. Yeah, yeah, three more to go. Like, this is awesome. I'm so close. Like, no wonder it's been hurting so bad. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> little did I know it was going to take us like 15 more hours. Um, so we get there at a seven. I plan on doing a water birth. Um, How many hours had it been at this point? It probably, I think overall it was the, the labor and delivery was over 24 hours. So we were probably, it had been about 10 hours. Um, of contractions that were progressively more and more intense. And so I'm thinking we're almost done. She's like, okay, let's get into the tub. They have this beautiful like birthing tub um, with jets. And like, it was awesome. Like I planned, I wanted to deliver in the tub. Yeah. Um, And so we get in there and things just like got, they were intense and they stayed intense and they never like, they never, there was no, there's no respite from like the intensity of the contractions at that point, you know, they started to check me. And so somewhere in the process, maybe a couple hours into it, um, some of the more experienced midwives came because I guess our midwife was like, something's not progressing. Right. So they checked me, I think. So fast forwarding a little bit before I had Camille, I, connected with our, the midwife, the experienced midwife that was with us. And I was like, can you just like walk me through everything that happened? Um, because I really wanted to like mentally kind of like wrap my mind around the fear that I had going to go back over bear's Mm -hmm. birth. Yeah. To go back over bear's birth. And she did that for me. It was amazing. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But, um, in hindsight, I guess she, when she checked me, she knew I wasn't at a seven. She didn't tell me, um, more for, she didn't want me to get discouraged. I think like I had already been told I was a seven and then, you know, checking me, I was probably maybe at like a five. Um, and so they didn't tell me. 
anyways, they checked me, found out Bear was in a post-year position. So then everything kind of went out the window. They put me in a lot of different positions to try and see if Bear would turn. Um, and he was really trying. Like, I think that was part of the pain. Like they do like a little corkscrew down the birth canal, um, you know, at the end, if they're not in the optimal position going in. And so I could feel that, like, I could feel like the grinding on the, like my pubic bones and stuff. Um, and then I start, got the urge to push really early. So like I had the urge to push probably about for about like seven hours. Um, and so <laughs> it was your rock star mom. Uh, gosh. So, and if Laura, you know what, what this feels like, like it makes me laugh when you look at movies and they are saying like, don't push, don't push. Like, you know, whatever. It's like, you can't control that ish. Mm-hmm. Like it is primal. It is a purely physical reaction to pressure down there. Um, and it's like the noises you start making when you want to push are just like, Rusty said I sounded like a heifer. Right. It's like, I'm not even going to do it, but it's like very deep. Like it went from like roaring to like a deep guttural. Yeah. It's like grunting kind of. Um, and so, you know, we labored on the toilet a lot because that was, that gave me a little bit of relief. We also had, they had a birthing stool, um, that gave me a little bit of relief, but, um, basically I, they wouldn't let me back in the tub because things would kind of stall there and the positioning wasn't good there. Um, and so had to kind of, you know, do a bunch of different things. Um, I'll save you all the details of that, that time, but it was hard because the pushing, you just like literally can't stop. So we're getting towards the end. I'm hopeful, hopeful that it's towards the end. And I, I think in my mind, I thought that it would never end. Like I thought this was going to be going on forever, which was another part of why I was like, I, I wasn't able to get control of my emotions, myself, my body. Cause I had no control over my body. Like things were just happening. Um, that really hard to stay present. Yes. It was really hard to stay present. It was really hard to welcome the contractions because at that point it had been so intense for so long. I, I just, I could not get there mentally. Um, and I remember saying over and over and over again, like, I want to go to the hospital. I want to get an epidural. Like I just, I was like, even like, if I have to do a C-section, like, let's just go. I, I yeah, had, no. <laughs> yeah, I had no faith in the process whatsoever. Hard. Um, and it was really hard. And my, so I, I think I mentioned we had a doula. I don't remember her at all. I don't seriously. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Did you pay um, her? <laughs> do what? Did you pay her? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and so, and I know you had such a great experience with your doula and I know, yeah that it can be a good experience. Um, but people are so fallible, you know, and not everyone's the same and not everyone connects the same. And yeah. you know, it's just like, it, not all doulas are perfect. Just like not all doctors or midwives mm-hmm. or OBs or anyone, all trainers, whatever yeah. are perfect. And she was a great person. I think that, but I think my husband honestly was the only person that I wanted yeah. By me. So it kind of went two ways. She yes. wasn't there enough or, and then you didn't really want her right. there. Anymore. Exactly. And it's like, you kind of get tunnel vision a little bit too. It's like, I don't even really remember all the other people in the room. Like I remember Tim. Um, and I just needed him 
so much. Um, I needed him to tell me it was okay. I needed him to like hold me up. I needed him to push on my back. Um, you know, when I was having those bad contractions, I mean, he was there the entire time. I'm sure he was ex- exhausted as well. Um, after all of this, but like he, he seriously I, I drives me kind of nuts when people are like, the husband doesn't get a complain or the husband doesn't get to say he's tired. I'm like, ah, that's like mentally and physically. It's almost like a different kind of men, almost worse in some regards. I'm probably going to get a lot of smack for saying that in terms of like the mental exhaustion, because mm-hmm. there's so Right. Exactly. It's like the person they love more than anyone in the entire world. They're watching them in the, in this, like the, this really gnarly, primal, painful, scary, um, situation Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's not much they can do. So I, I I feel like they get so much credit and they're allowed to say that it was exhausting and hard and tiring and all that. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I, I, like I said, I couldn't have done it without him. Um, and so he was there with me the whole time. Well, fast forward to when we're going to start pushing, they're going to allow me to start pushing. I actually delivered, um, tried a couple different positions for delivery, but I actually delivered on my back, um, which I'd never thought that I would do, but apparently (laughs) that was the best. That was just the way that it was happening. Um, and so when it was like, I was on the bed everyone was like holding up my feet, kind of like you see in the movies. Um, so I could like push against them. Um, I pushed for over two hours when it finally, when they were like, okay, you can actually push, um, push for over two hours. God, (laughs) it was, it was, it was hard. I keep saying that a lot and I really just don't want to scare anybody. Um, but it was the hardest thing that I've ever done. Yeah, truly. And for, for 45 minutes and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. So I can imagine, you yeah. know what I mean? And it was hard. And again, I want to go back. It was, it was probably mostly because he was posterior. So the thing about the pushing phase for me is that like I would push and he would kind of like come down a little bit, but then he would immediately go back up every time. So I wasn't really getting very far. Um, and then the other thing is like a lot of times knowing like with, with Camille's birth, like you would push and then you get to relax a little bit between contractions and things are actually okay. Like yeah. at least things were for me with Camille, but for, with bear, he was literally like, I'm like doing the motion on video right now, but like his head was twisting back and forth between like taking a jar off a cap off a jar. Yeah. So he was really, really trying. He was trying his best to like work with me and like turn. Um, and so, but that was excruciating for me, like the twisting between contractions. Um, and so it was like, it was just a very intense couple hours. Um, they did have to, so they didn't, give me an episiotomy, but they had to really, really stretch as, as like between contractions with a lot of like, you know, lube and stuff to kind of get things lube. open. <laughs> and so, um, do you remember what you used? I don't, it was like a big jar of something and she was just like putting it everywhere. <laughs> putting it everywhere. Um, and so, uh, pushing was hard. Um, uh, but you know, got the head out. I did tear, um, mm-hmm. I tear, I tore pretty significantly. I tore, she told me it was one after in hindsight, she said it was one of the worst, um, tears she's ever seen. And she has been a midwife for the a really long time. Um, it was, or maybe, yeah, or... so it was, it was a Y shape. And so oh, basically, um, it was in to like the vaginal wall, not to back towards 
like oh, okay. their perineum. I mean, there was some tearing there too, but um, the stitches was a lot of internal stitches. So I had 12 stitches, which is, is a lot. Um, and so that part of the recovery was pretty significant. So anyways, I tore when he came out because he, we did deliver, he did deliver posteriorly. Um, and again, they told me in hindsight, like I was kind of right at that point where if he didn't come out soon, um, we were going to have to transfer, um, and do a C-section or try something in a hospital setting. And so I didn't know that at the time, but basically that's kind of like where everyone on the team was like going towards. And so he came out, he, um, inhaled meconium. So he, that's meconium. It's just when they have a bowel movement in the womb. And so that can, when, if they aspirate that, that can cause some breathing issues. And so he inhaled meconium when he came out. And so they kind of monitored him pretty closely, um, post-delivery and he, like his APGAR score was not good. Um, he was not crying a lot. I mean, he did cry, which was like, it's like when they come out, it's like one of those just like, Oh, he's here. Like he's okay. You know? And Oh, backing up. So Tim got to catch him. I know you said rusty, um, caught Amy. It was the best thing ever. Like literally they asked him if he wanted to catch Baron. He's like, absolutely. He was down there. Like he saw everything. And I left that up to him. I was like, was he sure? Did he know going in he what he really wanted? No, I don't think Thanks, so. Rusty. Um, but half, like once he was there, he was like, you know, he was there. It yeah. was cool. Yeah. And so, and he, he loved it. Um, mm-hmm. Got to catch him. Obviously we're both bawling our eyes out. <laughs> One, because like you said, it's pure relief. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, 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 you're so glad that it's over number one, but, but number two, it's just, there is absolutely nothing like it on, on the face of the planet, like the joy and the, um, the love. And I don't know, it's just crazy. Um, to see, cry yeah. now I'm going back. <laughs> it just takes you right back. Every time you hear yeah. about someone's experience, cause I feel like it's all the same. It's like a universal thing. It's like, mm-hmm. it's instant. And, yeah. and also seeing your spouse, um, with your child that you've obviously bonded with over the course of nine months, 10 months or whatever. Um, but to see them like physically, if your spouse or partner can catch, I, it's like, I can't recommend it enough. It's just something, it's a special bond that's like yeah, immediate, immediate. Um, and so as much as it was a hard labor and it was really scary, everything was kind of just like, it was a wash once the baby was here. Um, so, but he did inhale meconium. He, he, um, you know, wasn't breathing super great. He wasn't able to clear his lungs very well. His APGAR scores weren't doing too good. Um, and so this is when things really got hard, I think. I mean, the labor was hard, but like, this is where, you know, postpartum my issues kind of started. Um, so he had to be transferred to the NICU, which our birthing center was right across the street from the hospital. So, um, my husband went with him, um, in the ambulance. And so they took him over to the NICU and, um, for monitoring and stuff like that. I had to stay behind because I had a pretty traumatic birth. I had, they still had to stitch me up. Um, I didn't, I got to try to nurse a little bit and we did do delayed, um, cord clamping, um, but not as long as, like I wanted to. And when he latched on, it wasn't really, um, 
it wasn't a he wasn't doing great because he just wasn't really like uh, alert at that point. Um, and so again, so that my, our breastfeeding relationship didn't start off super strong because we kind of missed those early moments. So I had to stay back and I, I'm sad. I have mixed emotions about that. I, I know I needed to like sleep and recover so that I could go you know, be a stronger mom to him. But like, again, being separated from him in those early hours were really, really, really hard. Um, Mm -hmm. and then to not having Tim, that was hard too. Um, I wouldn't even put Evie in the, um, little bassinet thing by the bed. Yeah. It's because you want them like with you, like having gone through that, you're, you're a rock star. Yeah. And so it was, it was really hard. Um, I think I slept, so he was born at like 5 PM and I slept, probably till about midnight or one o'clock. And then I was like, I want to go over there. Like, I want to go to the hospital. I, I need to like go over there. So, um, Tim came back and got me and we went over to see him. Like he's, this is the hardest part. Like he's hooked up to all these tubes. He's like this, he was actually, he, he's, he, he was tiny, but like he's eight pounds. Exactly. Um, and he was a big baby. So he was eight pounds, 21 inches long, I think 21 and a half inches long. I get the two of them confused. I'm a terrible mom. <laughs> Their weights, they're very similar. Um, and so, uh, went over there, saw him like hooked up to all the tubes and stuff and we couldn't really hold him, um, because of all the wires and stuff. Um, it was hard. So uh, what were the wires for? He had to have um, breathing. He had to be fed through like some tubing. Um, was it his mouth? It was in his mouth at first, yeah. um, and then so that's a whole other thing too. Like they were giving him like sugar water and stuff like that, um, which obviously wasn't my right. My birth Just plan because his. Numbers were probably super low, his uh, glucose or blood sugar yeah. was low. Yeah, so they were just trying to get everything back up to normal, which I understand. Like, I am totally 100% on board that he needed to go get checked out. Like, we needed to make sure everything was good. Um, they didn't have room for us to stay with him. That was another hard part. So we had to go home without him. He was there for probably about four days. Um, it's honestly, like, all over. But we had to go home without him. And um, so I went home, had to wake up often to like pump my milk didn't come in for a week and probably mostly because of stress um, and the fact that like he wasn't able to nurse frequently like most babies do um, in the beginning so we had a really hard time with my supply um, and that was extremely stressful for me because again that was another thing that I had planned for I want to breastfeed like I'm going to breastfeed my kids um, and it just wasn't going according to plan. Um, I tried to pump all the time, didn't really get any sleep, even though he was at the hospital and, you know, we were at home. Yeah. Your, your mind and your heart are right there with oh, him. I God. can't imagine sleeping. It was the worst. And then, yeah. so at this point, I think it was about two days in, two or three days in, you know, we are first time parents. We're scared, but at the same time, like we are, we were both like have a kind of like a medical background. So we're asking a lot of questions about, you know, what's going on? Like, what are his levels? Like, why is he still here? Um, when can we go home basically? Um, and you know, no one could ever tell us they were like, well, his levels are fine. We just want to keep him, you know, from monitoring. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. But like, show me, is there an issue? And they're like, no, everything's good. Like all his tests are coming back normal. And they're like, we want him to be able to drink, 
to, it was something ridiculous, like two ounces, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for a newborn baby, who's, that's more than their belly can hold. That's more than their belly can hold. And they're like, we want them to yeah. be able to consume two ounces and you're not producing any milk. So it's gotta be formula. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Cause I, you know, I know the information, you know, I know how much he should be getting and all this stuff. And I understand they have protocols in place. Yeah. My mind kind of just goes sometimes to like, honestly, it might be a little bit conspiracy theory, but I feel like they, they want you to stay more nights because they get more money. Right. Honestly, that's kind of where my head goes. It's like, he's fine. Right. And, and if they would have showed me something that was like, Oh, totally. You know, they would have been like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll say as we need, but Absolutely. they couldn't. So at that point I was like, no, we're not doing this. You know, I want to take my baby home. And we had expressed that to several of the nurses and the doctor and they had someone come and talk to us from the hospital, I guess like a legal person. And they were like, if you take him out against medical advice, like, you know, we can call child protective services and let them know that you're not following the advice of a doctor. Oh, and I freaking flipped a lid. I was like, I can't, I remember this vividly. I was like, you are taking advantage of someone like in their most fragile state. Like you say that. Yeah. I like freaked out. Um, and I'm like, if you're threatening me, like I, this, it was crazy. You know, don't, I was just like, don't threaten me that way. Like I, if I need to, like, I will get my own counsel and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if you tell me that he needs to be in here for a medical reason, then it will stay. If you can't give me that, then I want to go home. And so they finally were like, Oh, you know, it's okay. Like, we're just saying like, we're not going to do that, but like, we're just saying we can. And I'm like, okay, like, let's go home. So, um, we take him home. And again, the postpartum phase had already really started off rocky. Um, again, my milk didn't come in for like a week, so we had to supplement. We did, we used an SNS, a supplemental nursing system. So it's like a little tube that fits on your, um, nipple and basically you can supplement with formula while they nurse because it's so it's like you because you want the best way for their milk to come in is for them to nurse 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 right and so if you can you want to try and use something like that versus just using a bottle to formula feed so we did that like tim would literally have to hold the little tube up above my shoulder um so that it would work because it's like a gravity thing um so milk finally came in. This is going really long. <laughs> we might have to do Camille's story at a different time. But um, milk finally came in. Um, you know that, but nursing was a struggle. Like I had low supply. Um, he was colicky. He did not sleep, and I don't know if it was just. I mean, we didn't get that immediate connection. Like I feel like birth, the way someone is born, does have a lot to do with the way they develop as a person. I mean, we didn't get to connect as he was taken away immediately. You know, he's hooked up to all these machines. He got formula right off the bat, which I'm not bashing formula at all. Cause I feel like it's necessary, but you know, his gut, you know, microbiome was already somewhat compromised and the stress that he was probably feeling was played into that. And so he had reflux, he had to be on medication, um, which we learned through a bunch of trial and error, um, my postpartum period was pretty, pretty dark. Um, and that I would say that anxiety that I was feeling, the, the kind of depression, it was never diagnosed, but like 
just that feeling of like a black cloud was hanging over me, um, was really, I don't need a diagnosis. You can look back now and, you know, especially since you've had another one to compare. Yeah, definitely night and day. I mean, that lasted up until after I weaned, which was like weaned bear. He nursed, we ended up having a beautiful nursing relationship. He loved nursing, um, after we got, got it down. Um, and he nursed for almost two years. Um, and then after you stop nursing, you kind of go through like a postpartum, another postpartum shift because hormones kind of drop off again. Um, but then it wasn't until after we stopped nursing that I, I felt more like myself. So that's two years of just feeling off, um, feeling I, the best way to describe it is every little thing was overwhelming to me. Um, things that maybe wouldn't have been before, like dishes in the sink or laundry or having to shower or having to make dinner. Um, it was just like too much. It was too much. All I could really focus on was him and trying to help him and figure out how to get him to sleep or, or get him out of pain or, or whatever. So, um, it was a really, really tough period. Um, but the light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> is we eventually did all end up getting sleep, um, which we'll, we actually have an episode coming up about sleep and I'll talk a little bit more about, about that. But, um, his medication, the acid reflux got under control through medication, thank God. Um, and he kind of came out of it about three, four months. I think a lot of like colicky babies will start to not be so colicky around three or four months. And so there was a time where things kind of flipped around and, and our postpartum experience got a lot better, but he has always been just a vocal, I think they call them spirited kids. Um, he is awesome. He's so smart. Um, and you could see that from the beginning. Uh, I, I truly believe you can kind of see like their personalities from the very, from the get go. Um, and so he is wonderful. He's four years old now and he's just the light of our life. He loves his sister. Sweet. Oh my God. He's the best. And it's hard. Like, I just feel like, um, we were talking about Marco Polo earlier, but we were on there and, and he was just talking about, um, another little one saying like, um, how he loved her and how she's so beautiful and it's just like so sweet. And for a four year old to say that, like it's not contrived. Yeah. They say, they say what their heart says and it's just, he's just so sweet. Yeah. He, he's, he's really like the sweetest. Like he'll tell me all the time, like, mommy, you're so beautiful. I'm like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but like, he'll say stuff like that and he'll be like, but you'd be even more beautiful if your hair was down. Cause like, I'll come home and put my hair up in a bun and he'll be like, I like your hair down. Or I'll be like, you'd be more beautiful if you wear your purse. <laughs> oh my God. That's so cute. I know. He's the best. So that, that's kind of my first experience in a nutshell. I mean, I'm sure I could go way deeper into it, but, um, I feel like I could probably knock out Camille's, uh, not to take anything away from her, but like, (laughs) it's a lot less dramatic basically. Um, do you, do you have time? Yeah. I got a baby on my lap now and we're good. Okay, cool. So that's my first experience. And you know, if anyone has more questions about posterior delivery or, um, postpartum issues. I know a lot of people I've shared bits and pieces of my story with bear, um, on the podcast before, but if you, if any of that resonates with you, because I, I've gotten a lot of people contacting me saying like, Oh my gosh, I went through the same thing. Very similar. Um, you know, feel free to reach out. I, I love talking about it because I feel like it shouldn't be taboo and that, you know, you should be able to talking about it helps you process everything. Um, and so, 
definitely reach out to me. I am so open on Instagram, email, whatever. Um, and we can dive more into that, um, as well. But so Camille, completely different pregnancy, um, was different. Again, I don't think I mentioned it, but I was sick the first trimester with both kiddos, um, pretty similarly, but between Barrett and Camille, I did have a miscarriage, um, which I want to, we should do a whole podcast episode about infant loss and, and miscarriages and all that stuff. But, um, we did have a miscarriage and that was kind of, a, at that point we were like at the, let's try, but not let's not try, but not prevent and see what happens. And I wasn't even really sure that I wanted to have more kids, um, cause of our experience. Um, uh, but it was around like, there was like two, two and a half where I was like, let's, I think we could do this again. Cause things kind of were more manageable. Um, and so we got pregnant almost right away and then went in cause I had some spotting and we saw the baby on the ultrasound and it didn't have a heartbeat at that point, but it was still pretty early. And so they weren't really concerned. Then I started having spotting and they, so they did some blood testing and my progesterone levels were low. And so at that point it's from what they explained to me, it's hard to, to tell if you're having the miscarriage because your progesterone level levels are not high enough to support the pregnancy or your progesterone levels are low because you're having a miscarriage. So if the correlation there, I think was hard to kind of figure out what was going on. Um, and it's fascinating though, because I think it was during Megan's episode. We talk about how if your adrenals aren't functioning properly, like a lot of people will have miscarriages, you know, between, you know, pregnancies because, you know, just hormones aren't, aren't right. Um, adrenals aren't functioning properly. So I, I feel like I just wasn't at a, an optimal place to get pregnant. If that, that makes sense. I hadn't really done anything to recover my body from birth. Body wasn't ready to carry another, another life. So we did, I think it was about seven or eight weeks when we lost that baby. Um, and again, I I won't go too much into it because it's a Barry and Camille story, but I, that is my baby too. I have, I tell everyone, I have three kiddos. I'll never, ever, ever forget uh, that one. And we, I call, I think it was a girl because um, something oh. happened with Bear. Um, he was like two. I was putting him in bed one night, and he um, he was just like taught. We were talking, and he's like, "Mama, do you see those angels on the ceiling?" And I'm like, Holy I started to get freaked out. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "No." He's like, "There's angels," and he's like, kind of half asleep, and he's like, "There's angels, there's angels," and I was like, "Okay, yeah, buddy, there's angels," and he's like. Um, that's my sister. And I was like, Oh my God. I started, I started crying. My entire body's covered. In oh my God. And I was like, buddy, what? And he's like, that's my sister. And he like whispered it. And then he just like went to sleep and I'm like, Holy cow. Like, this is crazy. Like he doesn't need, this was after a couple weeks or months after, um, you know, it had happened or any, or whatever. And we never really talked. I think we had told him kind of what had happened, but he needs to, he, yeah, I didn't really think he was listening <laughs> to be honest, but, um, yeah, that was just one of those things like so powerful. So we always, you know, say that he, that, that, that baby was a little girl. So, um, anyways, that was a hard thing. I'm sure we'll talk about that, that whole process. We should do a whole episode because I think that's so powerful and so many women go through it and it's so little talked about. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. But the good thing about that at that point, I was kind of 
like going into it, I was like, I'm not really sure, but losing that baby really, I was like, I want another baby. Like yeah. I, I, I do want this to happen. Um, and so, she feels like that, but that, that baby spirit still needed to be born, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the spirit was then came out and Camille or, you know, there's yeah. lots of different ways to think about it, but in whatever way, like that, that was needed to happen. So yeah, absolutely. And so it's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. looking back on it, I mean, I, obviously I was devastated. So was Tim. Um, but we are joyful that we even like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what people believe, but I truly believe that I'm going to see that, that little one again one day. So we'll all be together before I get really, um, emotional. We'll move on to Camille. (laughs) So Camille, we got pregnant pretty quickly afterwards. Um, after the miscarriage, I think we waited like a cycle or two per our doctor's advice. And so got pregnant pretty quickly. I, they put me on progesterone supplements for the first 12 weeks as a precaution, um, which, uh, they made me kind of crazy. I think they made me, I think more sick than, um, I was with bear in that first trimester just because those, the higher levels of progesterone can kind of mess with things a little bit, but, um, I'm grateful. I was on a cream, yeah. uh, natural, just like topical progesterone cream. Oh, yeah. Coughing. Ours was a suppository. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we did that for the first 12 weeks, um, and then weaned off them slowly and everything was fine. Um, but very sick with Camille the first trimester. Um, and then my pregnancy was a little bit harder cause I was less active, um, because I had bear already. It was a little bit harder for me to like get to the gym and I was working full time. Um, and so I gained a little bit more weight, a little bit less active. Um, and then I also, this is so I'm sure everyone wants to know, but we had, um, like varicose veins, like high up in like my inner thigh. So I didn't have it as bad as some people get like a vulvar varicosity. So that's like in your vagina. Uh, mine wasn't like that. Thank God. I, I wonder who listens to this. If my like family is going to listen to it, but anyway, it's just real talk. Um, and so that was incredibly painful towards the end of the last trimester. Um, you couldn't really stand like you for long periods of time. Like it was just something that was super uncomfortable. And so that, um, definitely made that pregnancy a little bit different, but for the most part, it was easy. Um, I did have Braxton, Braxton Hicks starting pretty early on with Camille. Um, I think my body just was kind of like preparing. And then throughout pregnancy, I did my midwife. I had a different midwife cause we lived in a different city. She noticed that he was posterior and we talked a lot about, um, during every visit about my worries about a posterior delivery. And so she was very aware of that going in. Um, and so we talked a lot about things we can do. We did a lot of spinning babies, which we'll link to that in the show notes, but it's just a very popular kind of train of thought exercises, activities that you and your partner can do to, to encourage. Um, did you guys do the, the rebozo mm-hmm. shifting? Did, yeah, did. Rusty's, I feel like I made Rusty's biceps like so much stronger. <laughs> I know. They're like, Shaking. Yeah, we did it every night. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it it so it it worked for us. Um, yeah, but like, it. did a lot of that stuff, and then, um, like I said, I talked with my midwife, the the midwife that helped us deliver bear, and we just worked through everything. And that I highly encourage if you're doing a VBAC or if you had maybe not an ideal birth experience the first go round, to just find someone that can help you talk it talk through it. Even if it's just with like a therapist who's not a birth professional, they can still help you kind of work through some of those, um, emotions. And so I got to the point going in, 
to delivery with Camille where it was like, okay, if she comes out posterior, it is okay. If I deliver her posterior, I know I can do it because I've done it before. Um, and if she, if we need to get a C-section, I will get a C-section. Like I will do what's best for both of us. Um, so going Sounds in like that first experience really, and even though it was really hard or maybe because it was really hard, it was extra, almost extra empowering instead yes. of like feeling defeated by it. Like yes. it sounds like it actually empowered you, which is Absolutely. really cool. Once you had time to kind of like heal mm-hmm. and reflect and all that. Not to say the closer it got, the more, I mean, I was still nervous. I was still scared, but I, you know, you just, people try and explain birth to you, like what it's like. There is literally no way to understand until you've been through it. So the second go around, um, for better or worse, you know what it's like. And so you can prepare (laughs) a lot more. I don't know if that kind of rings true for you, Laura, like you feel a little bit. I still have a little bit more trust in my Mm -hmm. body. Like when I was doing it, I knew each contraction was doing something. And, but for me, it was just like, well, most first time mamas go over 12 hours. So you know, versus like, Hey, for me, it's going to be faster. And mm-hmm. I, I knew that on one level, but then my other brain that listened to all those birth stories. So as like a caveat or the opposite is that I also was like, because I listened to so many stories and all the, so many first time moms went longer. I didn't trust that my body was going to do it more quickly. So now I can have a little bit more like, this is my story. So there's kind of two edges to that whole listening to the birth stories. Yeah, story. absolutely. <laughs> Totally. Um, and then with Camille, I had, so I had Braxton Hicks a lot. Um, I had prodromal label labor too, because she was posterior as well. So going in, coming on, leading up to like the week of her due date, I knew she was posterior we were doing a lot of different things. Like she would actually flip flop though. Like she would turn like to optimal position and then she would, you know, rotate back. And there's a lot of things like sleeping on a certain side that you can do to kind of encourage you know, proper positioning. And we were doing all that stuff, but she just, she was still pretty mobile, like as far as like that goes. Um, and so, uh, prodromal labor for about a week, she went also a week late. And so, but I was already like prepared for it. I'm like expecting it to happen. So that was a little bit easier for me this go around. Um, and then, so things would get pretty intense with her like during the night. And I would think like, this is it. I, I we had so many false alarms cause I'm like, okay, these are getting intense. Like this is like labor. And then I'd wake up in the morning, like having falls, having fallen asleep and things were back to normal. So the day that she actually came and we had like a big plan in place, like, because we didn't want bear necessarily be with us at the birth center because I didn't really know how things were going to be. Like, I didn't want him to be scared if, you know, I'm like in a lot of pain or or any of that stuff. But also part of me was like, I knew if he was there, I would be very focused on him. Um, And so I wanted to be able to kind of focus on Camille. And I know a lot of people like our friend Kim, um, she birthed at home and her her daughter, who was Bear's age, was there. And they were able to do that all together as a family for me couldn't do it. Um, it's different too, yeah. because that's at least a comfortable place for the little one. Whereas mm-hmm. like a birth center, that's not only a foreign place, but then mom's acting different and like, mm-hmm. it's too much new at home. There's some familiarity, I feel like. Right. Absolutely. Totally. So we had a plan in place for that, but it was like, okay, we're going to take him over there. Like, let's get him pa- packed up and everything. And then it would never happen. So anyways, the day she was actually born, we took, he was at daycare for the most part for most of the day. And then it got to be like, 
five o'clock, he was actually going to stay with our daycare provider, who was actually a really good friend of ours. And they, he did spend the night over there before, like as a trial run. And so it got to the point where like, we either have to go pick him up or he has to like stay the night. And so I was like, let's keep him up there. Cause I feel like this is it. Um, and so Tim and I just stayed home. Um, again, we wanted to do it as long as possible. I thought it was going to be hours and hours and hours because I was comparing it to my first labor. Um, and so we stayed, we walked around home Depot. I forget what, why, but we were there at home Depot for something. And I was like having to like stop and breathe through contractions, but I still was like in denial because I had felt this way with bear. And it was like, I, it was like not the real thing. Like I, I thought there were going to be hours and hours, even though they were intense, I thought it was going to be a long time. So, you know, I'm like, it's fine. Let's just go home. We watched a a lot of Netflix. We were in the middle of Peaky Blinders, the show on Netflix, which I highly recommend. Um, And so we watched a lot of that, but I was getting to the point where I was like on my hands and knees, like through the contraction and like really having to like focus. And so I called my midwife and again, I was putting this off for a long time because I was like so many false alarms. I didn't want to do that again. And so finally I called her and I'm like, I think something's happening but I don't know. And she's like, well, I'm going to go check on another mama in a different town. It's like 30, 45 minutes away. So like, let me know. Do you want me to come over on my way over there? I'll check you, you know, beforehand, or I can just check you on the way back. And I was like, well, you know, it's probably fine. It's going to be a while, like go on or whatever. And so then like 15 minutes goes by and it just, all of a sudden it was like, boom, like this is happening. And I called her again. I'm like, eh, stop by on your before you go over there and she's like okay so she comes in and she checks me at at home and she's like okay she's like you are like 10 centimeters dilated like this baby is coming do you want to have him at the house or do you want to go to the birth center and I was like are you serious I was like no I just kept saying no no like this is not you can't you're you're lying and she's like no I'm serious and so I was like let's go to the birth center because I want because your head was in a place where you expected to be like bears totally like totally and it was is nothing like bears and so she's like you need to hurry up and get the birth center was like 10 minutes away so Tim and I jump in the car she's like I'll meet you over there and we had to stop several times because I was like I don't think I can go like literally it's like a mile away but like every time a contraction hit I was like I'm gonna have the baby (laughs) so stop and so he's like, no, let's just go. So we hightail it over there. We get there. Um, I, they immediately like, get the tub ready. And so when she checked me, like everything was ready to go, but Camille hadn't like dropped down. So she hadn't like fully engaged. And so she, and my water hadn't broken at this time, but she was like, let's get on the toilet. Like the pressure from, I guess, like the toilet ring kind of helps baby drop down a little bit. She's like, we'll do a little bit of pushing, even though I didn't have to like feel the urge to push yet. Um, she's like, we'll kind of do some like manual, like coached pushing to like get her down because once she gets down, like that's it. And so we push a little bit on the toilet and then my water broke and she was like, okay, like I think everything's good to go. Like let's get in the tub. When did your water break with bear? I don't remember you saying that. I don't even remember. Honestly, I think it didn't break until I was pushing at the end. Okay. Um, which I guess apparently is supposed to be helpful because having your sack intact kind of lessens the intensity of the contractions, I think. So that's why if you can, so it's, it's double edged. Like once the water breaks, the baby can come down a little bit more too, but like at the same time, it can lessen the intensity of your contractions if it stays intact. Yeah. Cause that's because mine, my water broke. I went from like, I guess a little bit of 
pre-labor stuff and then like water broke and it was like, boom. Yeah. And she was here in seven hours and it was, it was so, so, so intense. So I always liked, I always, I'm always fascinated by that whole, um, like when the, the water breaks and how things progress from there. Okay. Yeah, got it. crazy. Um, so I got into the water. Um, I cannot express to you how much I enjoyed the water. <laughs> the water was a dream. Um, so it was birth tub. I was in there. Tim wasn't, I can't remember honestly if Tim was in there at some point, but I think he was not cause it was like a smaller tub. Um, but so to contrast like this portion of, of labor and delivery with bears portion, um, between contractions, like contractions were incredibly intense, but between contractions, I was literally talking like I am right now to like Tim and my midwife. We were, I was laughing. I was like, Oh my God, like she's coming. I, I remember being just like so joyful and being like, I can do this because getting a break between contractions. Oh my God. It's, it's so helpful versus like just a constant pain and fear and worry. Um, so we got there around like seven, we got to the person around seven. Camille was born at like seven thirty. So wow. this is all very quick. So I labored at home until like the very like last possible second. And so getting in, you know, push, 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 pushed her head out. And at that point I was like, this is amazing. I'm literally thinking in my head, like this is, I wish every woman had a birth like this because it was so, what's the word? Um, empowering, but like also cleansing. That's not the word. It was, it was. Well, yeah, I bet it was therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. So having that experience kind of just totally redeem my previous experience, um, Tim, so we didn't find out what the sex of the baby was, um, which was so much fun. I highly encourage you to do that if you can. I can't. <laughs> well, I didn't with Bear because I was like, I can't do this. But the second yeah. round, I was like, I think I can do this. Like, yeah, it'll be fun. Um, but it was, so take that moment that like Rusty like handed her to you and like times it like a million because we have pictures. Tim's like crying when she comes out. And first we're just like, Oh my God, the baby's here. We like, don't even like yeah. look to see what she is. And so Tim, like, so she's born under the water. Um, the cord stays, you know, connected for as long, like forever, basically it felt like forever. And so like the midwife like pulls her up and puts her on our chest and like, Tim finally is like, Oh my, Oh my gosh. Like, what is it? And she, he looks down between the legs and he's like, it's a girl. And he just like starts crying yeah. and I'm crying. And we're like, Oh my gosh. It was like the coolest thing ever. I bet. Um, and so obviously we had like picked out a name, but we had a couple names. And at that moment we were like, we both looked at each other and we're like, it's Camille. And I'm like, yeah, it's Camille. And so, um, she got to latch on. Like we stayed in the water for a long time. Um, because the water was like a very warm temperature. So it allowed her to like kind of come to like a normal temperature. She was on my chest and she nursed almost immediately. She latched great. Um, I felt great. I, I felt present. I felt rested. I felt all the like joyful hormones that like people had told me about, but that I just had not experienced with bear. Um, the recovery was great. I don't, I didn't tear. Um, I think I maybe tore like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. They did like one little stitch to just make sure it was, you know, healing properly. Um, but it was great. Got out of the tub, took a shower. We stayed, um, we stayed the night that night because I think it was like seven 30 when she was born. We stayed the night in the burst and it was like a beautiful like hotel room. Um, 
experience. Our midwife bought us Whataburger. So that's a, um, a chain here in Texas. I think it's in other states too, but it's like one of those things. It's like, let's get Whataburger. I had like a shake and a giant burger and fries. Totally not paleo, but I was like, that's what I want. Uh-huh. Um, and then it was just so different. Um, so different. We all got to like sleep in the, in a big old bed together. Um, that oh, first that's night. one thing that I did not like about, about our hospital is like such as we got pictures and we snuggled for a while, but, mm-hmm. um, then it was like, okay, there's not really a lot of room. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you can do it, I highly recommend it. Um, like birthing in a birth center or birthing at home. I've, I've never birthed at home, but I've heard number it's, two. We want to do at home. Yeah. It's amazing. Our local birth center is just like a house yeah. with a bed. And so I'm like, if I'm going to birth there, why don't I just have her at yeah. home and, so, or totally. And we had almost done a home birth, but like we lived in a duplex at that time. And I was like, I just like, you could hear the other family. They had like four boys. And I was like, I don't really, I, I want to feel like I can express myself. <laughs> and I don't want to freak Which is them so out. funny because I la- I labored at home, you know, mm-hmm. and I had the same thoughts. We're in a condo mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't, you know, it's kind of awkward, but I was my loudest times were probably at home versus the hospital. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's so funny. Cause now I'm like, I don't care now yeah. that I've done it. I don't care. The nice part about being somewhere else is the cleanup. I think that's right. the best part. Exactly. Not to work that at home. Yeah. And so, uh, we went home like early the next morning and just, it was great. I mean, Camille immediately, um, she was eight and a half pounds. So she was a big baby, bigger than her brother. Um, I just make big, big babies, which is so weird because Tim and I are actually not that I'm big of people. Someone, more than one person is listening to this and saying, honey, those are not big babies. Right. Well, to me, that's big. Because like, to like, me, that's big. She yeah. was six, seven. I mean, if you think like six, seven versus like literally Camille's almost two pounds Counter- heavier yeah. than her. Um, it makes for some really cute, chunky babies though. So oh, yeah. I will say, say that much, but, um, the postpartum experience. And so everyone always told me, and I know this is getting long. Hopefully people are still listening. Um, but yeah. everyone, I'm and go from podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, everyone always told me like the first one's easy. And for a lot of people, like it is because you have one baby, you get to spend all the time with them. You know, it's, you know, you can nap between things and everything, but, or between feedings or whatever. And then they always told me the second one is going to be difficult. Like you're going to have a hard time. And so I really took that to heart going into it. I stressed about it. I stressed about bear, like how he would react. And I stressed about how I would handle it because I had such a bad, not bad, but I had such a hard postpartum period with him. And it honestly, for me, maybe it was a blessing that I had such a hard postpartum period the first go around because transitioning to two and her being a completely different baby and me just being in a completely, totally different mental space. It has, has been, it was, and it has been amazing. Um, just, I, my hormones feel much more even our breastfeeding experience. She had a lot of tongue ties, so it was difficult and we had to get those revised and, um, that was hard, but that's stress. Right. But I reacted to it much more like, I wasn't stressed. Like it was just one of those things. It was like, I mean, obviously I was slightly stressed, but like I didn't let it overwhelm me. And thank God nursing came more easily with bear. I mm-hmm. mean, versus the other way around, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Because you needed that probably um, for that to go well. Yeah. And so it's just been great. And bear has been a great big brother. Um, you know, they have their moments, but now they're getting to the point where she's a little bit more sturdy and they wrestle and she kind of picks on him and 
he's the one that's like, eh, Camille's hitting me. Cause she, <laughs> she doesn't have like fine motor skills. So like if she wants to pet his head, she's like hitting him on the head and he doesn't understand, but we're have to, you know, but we try and, you know, when she's, we try and be even with them. So like if she's hitting him, we're like talking to Camille, like we don't hit our brother. Like that's not a nice thing to do. And he likes to hear that. I think yeah. to know that like they both get treated evenly, but even Steven, yeah, even Steven. So, um, it's been great. I highly recommend if you're on the fence about, if you had a, maybe not the greatest experience with your first and you're on the fence about having another one, obviously that's a personal decision on so many levels, but, right. um, it's been wonderful for me and it's been wonderful to see Bear and Camille together and know that they are going to have a bond, um, that's going to be there longer than we're, than Tim and I are alive and they'll have each other hopefully, um, to kind of remember, remember their lives. So, so awesome. It's been amazing. Sorry. That was a, a large rant. I mean, not a rant, but like my story ended up being, I love it. It had to be, I mean, I'm yeah. impressed that you fit it in, in this amount of time because, um, there's a lot of magic there and a lot to share. And yeah, I got this like four times yes. while you talk. So it's magical. It it's, I, I always tell people being a mom is, was not a natural thing for me. Um, I have always wanted to have kids, but it's not like I, I don't know. Like I look at you and I'm not trying to compare, but like you, it just like exudes out of you and like, you just naturally picked it up. And for me, it was like a really rough transition into motherhood, but I honestly can say it is the best thing. It's my favorite thing. It is so much fun. Um, seeing them grow up. So anyways, I, I highly recommend everyone should have a kid. <laughs> Uh, maybe not everyone <laughs> maybe not everybody i'm gonna retract but, that yeah we'll, we'll, we'll qualify that you know probably everyone listening to this yeah uh, is is you know maybe at least in the has the headspace that yeah. they're wanting to but yeah uh yeah that was magic Thanks. i love it yeah it was it's it's good times and then oh and i know you did so i didn't do placenta pills after bear i just didn't really like understand it um, and then I know you did with Evie and then I wanted to really set myself up postpartum as much as I could for like hormone balancing. So I did right. do have my placenta pills. I also had a placenta tincture made, which is a little bit different. Um, with both or just bear or just Camille or just Camille. Um, okay. I didn't do it with bear and I thought like maybe I should have done that. It would have made a big difference. And so I did plan, I planned on doing it and did do it with Camille. But for me, I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast. Um, they, whereas I felt pretty even from the beginning, obviously there was some tears like in the first few weeks, just as right. hormones are regulating, but, um, I felt pretty even without them. And then when I took the placenta pills, they were like, it, it made me feel more anxious and more kind of like crazy. And so I definitely would recommend people try it because I think it can help a lot of people, but at the same time, be kind of open to it, it might not be working for you. It also made my milk supply crazy. I already had a great milk supply with Camille, but when I would take the pills, I was like literally just, I mean, milk was everywhere. So did you try again later or did you have, I tried several times, um, within like maybe the first six weeks and it just, I could never find the right balance. And it just, I feel like I didn't need them. I felt fine without them, but, um, 
I started again and I actually just do it like a couple days a week now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I feel really good. So, and I, cause I figured I've started training again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's probably a good time to take those just yeah. to help make sure everything's solid. And my milk supply is kind of evened out. I'm not getting a bunch of ducks any or clogged ducks anymore. Yeah. So, um, they're in the freezer and I just take like, basically if I think about it, that's kind of how I roll sometimes with supplements. If I think about it, that means yeah. maybe, maybe my body's asking for it. And so I'll take them then. Um, so we'll see. I just feel like it's, I, I want to take them eventually, like take, I, my goal is to take them all before I have another. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they'll, they serve a purpose and, um, yeah. So it's, everyone's different, but like you, I had a lot of things. I took them four days, four or five days postpartum and I had more anxiety. So mm-hmm. I stopped. And then another thing to know is if you have, um, if you're sick or have any sort of fever, um, do not take them cause they can make a, a fever spike even higher. So when I had mastitis, my doula was like, whatever you do, don't take your, uh, don't take your, your placenta pills. So, yeah. well, that was an hour and a half. Thanks for sticking with us guys. <laughs> and like I said, yeah, you mentioned before, like a lot of people, when I listen to a podcast, like it's when I'm in the car, like I'll listen and I'll stop. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully it didn't bore you guys to death. No chance <laughs> that actually, as far as recording goes, that went by really fast for yeah, me. I felt like it being did able, too. Yeah. Being able to listen. It's, it's, I was like hanging on for each next thing. Cause I, it's, you know, I haven't heard this yet and I was kind of waiting to ask too many questions cause I knew we were going to record. So yeah. that was magic. It was magic, but thanks guys. Um, I think we've had a couple of good episodes coming up. Um, Mm -hmm. some business of being born, some sleep, some great guests, um, in the lineup. Yeah. And so, and we'll, we'll put calls out for questions too, before we record. So make sure you, you guys just make sure you watch our stories, uh, shameless plug there, because that's (laughs) what we put a lot of stuff like announcing episodes and asking for questions. We put stuff in our feed too, but a lot in the stories. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, those are stories are great. Cause you can just skip if you want to skip mm-hmm. something, but then just keep an eye out for calls for questions and whatnot. Um, yeah. I basically post everything I eat in a day. So that if you are interested in that, you can also look there. If, um, if you want to see me singing to Taylor Swift, um, that's pretty much what I post. <laughs> yeah. You in the car, which I love. Cause I feel like I get to just check in with you throughout the day, but Jess is Jess dot hold the space. And I'm Laura dot radical roots. And, um, Oh, another note, let's, let's go ahead and launch this now, okay. uh, since we have some weeks before this actually airs, but we have put together a Facebook, um, group. So mm-hmm. we are going to, we'll post this information soon, but it's just going to be kind of like a space where we can come together and you guys can ask questions there and then also connect with each other. Cause we've had some really amazing people email in and I kept thinking like, man, I wish I could connect all these mamas or going to be mamas or just amazing humans. To, to each other. So now the Facebook group will be a place where you can post questions, ask for like love or support or whatever. Um, and so stay tuned by the time this airs, I'll put a link for sure. in the sh- these show notes, and hopefully we've kind of gotten the ball rolling on that and gotten some people joining, um, by the, by the time this airs. Yep. And that'll just be, um, the mama's 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 <laughs> modern, Mo- modern mama's tribe. So keep an eye out for that and we will link to it. Awesome. I can't wait. And then you can also find me at myradicalroots.com and just at holdthispacewellness.com. Um, please, please subscribe. And uh, <laughs> please. if you rate and review, we that means the world to us. We've gotten some really phenomenal reviews. If you have feedback, feel free to email us. Questions, feel free to email us. Gives us ideas for shows. So, And we do uh, respond. So oh, I yeah. know 
we're not we'll, like so big yet that we uh, have like we we don't have the time to respond. So like we will definitely answer questions or chat with you. And I like you. to think even when I'm going to say when optimistically when this podcast does blow up even more, I you know we will always make an effort to respond mm-hmm. to everything. So yeah. feel free to reach out. We love you guys. So definitely. All right. Thanks, guys. We will talk to you next week. Thank you.